podcast, Johnson. I want answers. No. You are listening to I Want Answers. No, the podcast where guests are asked specific questions on a topic to answer immediately and without hesitation. I Want Answers. No. Hey, uh, I'm uh, I'm Bill, and I'm here with uh, Sean Star Wars. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the original Star Wars trilogy uh, with some very specific questions. And uh, before we get into that, uh, I would, uh, if you want to describe what you do and where people can find your work. Yeah, I make uh, I make woodcuts, color woodcuts mostly, um, of just about anything in the world, uh, but including a lot of Star Wars stuff, and. Um, that's pretty much all I do, just make prints day after day after day. So you can find all those at SeanStarWars.com, and I'm on Instagram at SeanStarWars, and those are the two best places to find me. All right. Now, is uh, Star Wars, you're by Sean Star Wars, is that your legal name? No, a lot of people have uh, have put that out there that it is, you know, and I don't I don't correct them because it's more glamorous, you know, if I had changed my name. But, um, you know, so uh, one of my good friends, Tom Huck, has been really pretty vocal about telling everybody that that's my legal name. And so, like, he's gotten that out there pretty good. I would believe it. Yeah, there you go. You know, but <laughs> the, the thing is that I mean, I thought about I thought about doing it, but it's just, it's more fun to kind of do your own thing without having someone sign off on you, you know? Yeah, do you think if you tried to legally change your name to that, do you think George Lucas or, I guess, now Disney would try to sue you for, for trying that, probably? I wonder, you know, I mean, I feel like I'm just still so low on everybody's radar, and, like, it's a different world now, you know, because I've been, I've been using the name Sean Star Wars for... She's at least 25 years, you know, oh. and and when I was starting at, you know, there wasn't really an Internet, you know, the way we have it. And there definitely wasn't social media. Yeah. Um, and now every everybody, you know, I guess I was talking to somebody the other night and they likened it to the way DJs have names, you know. And so, you know, it's just much more common to, to have a handle now than it was then you know and so like i feel like everybody's kind of used to it and like think of all the people that you know only from their instagram id you know and right. so it's a, it's a little bit of a different vibe I, I i wonder if anybody would care at all at this at this point you know the way that they might have a long time ago but i was definitely not on anybody's radar then well i'm gonna call george lucas more done i'm gonna tell on you i'm sorry awesome <laughs> <laughs> I have a direct line is George. Yeah, this is I, I gotta Perfect. tell you about this guy who's he's he's using a last name that you're not gonna like. All right. <laughs> All right, so um we're gonna I sent you the questions in advance. So the main topic is it's the original Star Wars trilogy, which you have playing in the background. I see the first yeah. one that they're about to rescue the princess, which I might be distracted by that. I'll be just just watching. <laughs> What's what's going on, and forget that I'm talking to someone. So if if that happens, please don't mind me. Um, and also, just I'm uh, looking at the details and all the, the wonderful posters you have going on back there. Uh, but we're I got like very specific questions about things I want to ask you, uh, which I sent in advance. Uh, so, and I'm going to chime in again a little bit with what I feel. But uh, so we're going to go. The first question was your uh, any of your favorite or least favorite 
minor or background characters from each of the movies. So uh, starting with the first Star Wars, which I personally still call just Star Wars. I don't call it A New Hope. I just call right. it Star Wars personally. Right. You agree with you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like it's Star Wars, it and is. then you know, and then I mean, Empire Strikes Back is. I mean, everybody that's been around since it came out, it's Empire Strikes Back, and you know, when you like, there's there's some chronology that I might be a little bit confused about, but you know, it it may have always said episode four, or they may have added that very early on, but it really wasn't until you get to Return of the Jedi that you really start thinking about the fact that there's that it's episodes in this right. series. I mean, even when it's Empire Strikes Back, you're kind of thinking of it as more Star Wars. Like, yeah. like the immersive universe and everything like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, so uh, so what do you got to... I mean, you don't have to, but if you have a favorite and a least favorite, or, or multiples. Uh... Yeah, well, you know, I was, I was talking with my kids about that, and, you know, I, I really think that um, that Obi-Wan Kenobi is probably my, my favorite overall character in Star Wars. Um, and then, you know, it's, there's not a lot of least favorites in Star Wars. You know, there's, okay. you know, I mean, like there, are, I mean, it's crazy, you know, I mean, I've, you know, while I was waiting for this thing to get hooked up and, you know, I'm watching it and, you know, I used to watch it every night. You know, I mean, like there was, I mean, I'd, I watched it every night solid for at least a year, you know, and then oh, like, wow. the you know, I, just, I, I love it. And I've seen it so many times and, you know, it's meant so much to me for so long. There's almost nothing to not like within Star Wars, you know? Yeah. Like, so, and it's, it's crazy because, you know, when, when I was, I was um, eight when I went and saw it, right, in the in the theaters when it first came out. And, like, you're not supposed to like Darth Vader, you know, yeah. back, you know, back then before, you know, you know, when there was two toys, there's a little toy and the big toy, you yeah. know, and, yeah. like, it's a bad guy. And if you would have said back in, you know, 1977, oh, I love Darth Vader, well, you might have said he's cool, but, like, you he's not somebody good and he's not somebody that is good for a kid to like. And like, you know, you'd, you'd be a little troubled if like the kid only liked the bad people in a movie like that, you know? So, okay. But he's so cool and just like such a strong graphic. And like, I mean, obviously, you know, 40 years later or more, you know, awesome. But as an adult, you know, I didn't know, you know, like you, you're watching Star Wars, you're eight. You don't know Grand Moff Tarkin. You don't know Peter Cushing. You've never seen another movie with Peter Cushing in it, right? Yeah, you know, because right. like, what would what would it have been when you're eight? A Hammer film. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. But so then, you know, a few years later, there you go. You know, so you're seeing those things, and you're like, wow, he's younger. I mean, it's like your like your brain kind of develops, and you get these epiphanies all the time. I'll like when I first heard that stormtroopers were something that existed before the movie. Because that was a word that I only knew in the context of Star Wars. Because Yes. Like what? So like, World, War, World War II? Yeah. Or, so like yeah. you're 10 or 11 or 12 and you learn about World War II 
and you know that Nazi stormtroopers, and you're like, wait, how'd they get that word? And it's like it totally flip-flops on the way it should have been because, you know, your world kind of starts when you're born, you know? And so it's like you don't have a frame of reference. And then as you learn more, so that was, so like Peter Cushing, I, I, I see him all the time. I, I watched, um, like one of the first things he was in was the BBC version of, uh, of 1984, right? And that was that was made like in 1954, 1955, when the when the book itself was only five or six, seven, eight years old, right? And and it was so cool. But I only saw that like last year or something, you know. I mean, I think it was on Netflix. And it's 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 like it's so cool to see him young, young, you know. But yeah. then you watch him in in all the Hammer films, you know, and he's he's much younger than he is because he. I mean. I don't even, he he lived a while after that, but like you know they didn't really have a occasion to put him in Empire Strikes Back or anything like that. But so like in like as a young person, like that would be somebody that you probably wouldn't like because he's so sinister and cold and calculating. But like now I've you know for the longest time I've appreciated him too. So probably like. I don't have any least favorites in there as far as like favorite, like obscure things, characters, you know, and it's also been weird in general because, um, you know, going back to, um, you know, going back to, to when you were eight, you know, back to 77. And then you could see the movie as many times as you could go see the movie. I only, as far as I remember, I only saw it once. Right. And it had like a, obviously a pretty lasting impact, but I only saw it the one time, and I really don't even think I saw it twice at the theater, right? And then there, you know, you could back. They had movie stores where you rented movies. I don't know how old you are, right? Uh, you don't like your, yeah. I'm, I'm I just turned forty four. Okay, so that's a big. So like in seven years difference, they probably like by then video stores were just starting to bubble up instead of movie stores right. you know and the movie stores were were they they you know in my experience they were not just they weren't like the equivalent of blockbuster i mean they were part of like a tv and electronics store that probably sold the first video games and all that stuff and you'd pick up some movies you know and you might rent a projector if you didn't have a projector you know and I and I think that you could get the movie Star Wars easy enough in that limited period where that was still happening. Like I remember when that movie Airplane came out, my uh, my dad went and rented the film Airplane, and we played it on a on a you know on a film projector. You so you, you, wait wait so you could actually rent like literal films to show? Yes. Oh yes, yeah. that's, that's yeah <laughs> that's before me. I don't I didn't know that yeah. was a thing. Oh, wow. Yeah, and like I remember, you know, just in that same vein, uh, my dad would have catalogs of movies that you could rent, right? And like I'm, you're flipping through, and the, you know, they're just like basically like cheap magazines, but it was like nothing but movies that you could rent in every category, and you're just like seeing all kinds of crazy stuff. But there, but you, then of course, people also bought a lot of those little eight millimeter versions of things, like all those castle films. You know, so I think 
And I don't, I never did own one of these, but I think that you could have like the little five minute, eight millimeter reel of Star Wars, right? I'm a big Mountain Dew collector. I have some Mountain Dew ads on, um, on film from the early 80s. Oh, did you have the idea of the uh, doing it country cool ones? Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. I guess that's what I remember. <laughs> I mean, it's such a treat because you unroll it and you're just seeing frame by frame by frame. And that's just something that we don't really experience anymore. Oh, you know? Yeah. But anyway, so after that, then there was video and it was the longest time before they released Star Wars on video. Right. Like it right. wasn't like videos existed for a while, like VHS existed for a while before you could get Star Wars. Right. Yeah. I remember I watched it. Um, I didn't receive it. They would like one of the major uh, stations would show it, like NBC or ABC. That's that's I would like it would be like a Saturday night. I would like yeah. that was my Saturday I, on the sofa just watching that before bed. Yeah. And that so was I, would see it. I mean, when they when they did that, that was major. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so you 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 know so by time you get to Empire Strikes Back coming and the Return of the Jedi, that's really when video started being accessible, and so finally you could get Star Wars on VHS, and it was just the you know four three format, right? And yep. so you had that for a while, and that was all you had in your memory. And I'm leading up to a point because when they finally, even though you may have seen Empire Strikes Back and you may have seen Return of the Jedi. And you may have even seen it on TV from time to time. It was so fuzzy in your memory. You might have had Mag, you had Starlog, you had the the book, you had whatever you had, but you didn't have the actual movie. And then you had this cruddy, squared off format on TV. And so, in the early '90s, when they finally released it in letterbox format, is when you could see everything that was supposed to be in the movie that you hadn't seen in 15. Years at least. Yeah, everything on the on the left or right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? And so, like, it was such a revelation to see some really obscure stuff that you hadn't any inkling of a memory of, right? And so now, with you know, with the higher resolution, you know, it's like I'm watching. I mean, you, I guess it's in 4K on Disney, but I'm watching it. You know, when they did that despecialized. Yes, I was. That's that came up when I was recording before. That's, I mean, that's for me. That I, to my understanding, that that's the closest you can get to the original theatrical version, yeah. which I appreciate because that's what I grew up watching. Right. Yeah. Right. I and saw. I saw the, you know, I went out when with the late '90s when Lucas added the scenes and he put in the special effects. I went and saw that, kind of excited, but. Yeah, looking. I wouldn't want to watch that now because it, I personally didn't care for it. So I'm happy to see as yeah. close to the original as possible. Yeah, it's so rad that somebody would take the time to do that. Yes, and I'm, I'm very appreciative that someone did that. Yeah, so that's 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 super cool. But so like now that you can see the whole frame, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> now that you can see the whole frame, there's all these things that you just didn't know about. So like. I always love to see when they're in the cantina, I always love to see the praying mantis that's in the background. Right. Yeah. And it's like, holy moly, man, that is so cool. And the, the movie is so rich because there's this whole, there, there's, there's 
there's so much to what went into that movie that you would have never seen in in anything. Like just movies weren't that complete. They didn't have that much of a pre story to something that you're seeing for the first time. Yeah. You know? And it's just you know, so there's there's some things that you might think are a little bit hokey in there, but mostly it's just really fantastic. You know, like you're going through there and like I forgot that they're, you know, like at the end after after he shoots Greta, they cut to this uh, cyclops with these big ass sideburns. Right. <laughs> and you're like, OK, I know I've seen that a million times, but like I don't think I appreciate it. There's a damn cyclops with sideburns, you know? Yeah. And it's like, wow, because it's only in there for one second. He takes up the whole screen, but he's only in there for one or two seconds. And the concept of, I mean, I guess as a filmmaker, you are expecting people will eventually get to watch your movie again because film's permanent or quasi-permanent, you know? Yeah. But like, but... But you didn't think that people were going to be like, it's just kind of unheard of for somebody to watch a movie again and again after the release of it. Even, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, there's like the posters of happy birthday to the, to the movie, you know, because it's still yeah. been running for a year solid. Yeah. But you didn't think when you're making a movie, you didn't think, oh, well, people will still be watching this multiple times in the theaters in 1978 and then 1979 you thought at the most you could have only thought they'll watch this in film houses you know it'll mm -hmm. be 20 years later and people might watch it again for the first time and instead we've had the benefit of being able to see it over and over and over and over forever for the longest time so there's so many things in there to really think are super cool and to appreciate in Star Wars. So then you get to Empire Strikes Back. Then, you know, that's really, for me, that's the end of appreciating Princess Leia. You know? I Like, she's she's still really cool in Empire Strikes Back. Like, a, like a, as like a strong female character, you yeah. mean? Or? Yeah. yeah, you know? I mean, like, she's, but, but, but she's, she seems throughout most of that movie not to be as important as they make her in Return of the Jedi. You know, I mean, she's she's a much more pivotal character in the outcome of the of the movie in Return of the Jedi than she is in Empire Strikes Back. She's really just the only female in the movie, right? I mean, she's just there not for not for diversity. She's just there, as a matter of fact, as a woman in the movie she's just there for suggested incest <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so you know so i think i think she's i i really like her in empire strikes back um but then there's so much that's so cool and it's like it's so easy and it's been for the longest time to say boba fett's like your favorite character yeah but it's that's evolved really from the minute, you know, it, like, I, I, there's probably a way to know, but I always got the feeling that when they did re-release Star Wars in the theaters in the late 90s, that, I mean, I know that 
I know that they have the footage of the real guy that's job of the hut and then they replace them but yeah. i don't i but I, I i'm pretty certain that they added boba fett when they when they redid with the cgi because they made such a big deal of introducing boba fett in that star wars special i could have i could have swore that he was in there originally don't quote me on it but i i'm not sure because i know they had the holiday special the the ill-fated holiday special that's where he did get his definite debut, but I, from, to my understanding, and I could be totally wrong, it's been a while since I've had, like, yeah. read or heard anything, but I thought he was actually there in the footage originally. I could be wrong yeah, on that, but that's what I thought. You're making me would, think, though, you're making me think of the terrible editing job of Han stepping on Jabba's tail <laughs> to, get over, <laughs> to get over him, because it's, it's so obvious that that didn't happen. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and so it's... You know, it's um, it's amazing what they've been able to. It's amazing what they've been able to do, but then it's not necessarily great what what they did do. And then so, but that kind of, I guess, leads into something else later. But um, so, but then like something that's really I think super lame is I mean like the snow troopers. I think that's I thought they were cool until I thought about it. <laughs> later yeah like, I, I don't think that little neck flap is doing anything to protect you in the snow that a storm should keep it warm <laughs> I, just, I personally i like the, i like the look of it personally well it's it is it's way better <laughs> yeah it, it's way better than like to me the permutations of all the new stormtroopers in the new movies right so it's kind of cool because yeah. you still see the eyes they're still clearly stormtroopers they do have different you know, a different purpose and different environment. I think like a like a biker scout is a way better evolution, you know, in Return of the Jedi. I think those are super rad. But but like what I think sucks are those Ugnaughts, right? <laughs> That's funny that that came up whenever we were recording before. Like, I mean, no one no one seemed to like the Ugnaughts. I yeah. personally I, I just thought they were ugly. Right. <laughs> That's funny you say you bring that up. But, but I mean, but like, I guess in retrospect, I would rather it been more Ugnaughts and no Ewoks because then you get to the Return of the Jedi and there is, there's a lot to like in Return. It's like, it depends on like, what do you like about Star Wars? Right. Because like for me, um, obviously in this, you know, this is some of your other questions about the weapons and everything, but the, the lightsaber is so rad. And so magical, especially in the mind of an eight-year-old. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's just insane. Just like as a like, you know, I mean, there's like so much stuff out there now that we can relate to, but back then, it, in that time, and then at that age, it was just such a mind-blowing thing. You know, right. I mean, like you kind of understand what a laser blast is. You know, you could kind of like make sense of that, but this lightsaber—it's so. I mean, it's just set up so well. He, you know, just like Ben Kenobi, just introduces it so nicely, and it's like the whole thing is just super special, right? So seeing that, there's so much good lightsaber action in *Empire Strikes Back* and also in *Return of the Jedi*, but there's to me, to me, *Star Wars* is much less a 
product of 1977 than Return of the Jedi is 1982, 83. Right. It just looks so dated to that time. Like, even, maybe even, like, I'm, I'm not a film expert, but maybe even just, like, the cinematography. I mean, it just seems like, it seems very dated. And that's okay, because it's a time period and we lived through it, so that's all right. But some things, you know, the difference between knowing when something's from and then something looking dated, you know, look, and so... So you're talking about, like, the... We talking about Return of the Jedi. You think it looks dated because it was being '83, and people had like the just the, in the '80s look to them beyond the costumes and whatnot. Is that what I, you mean? Like yeah. they had like they had like '80s or like 1983 hair, for example. Yes, that, that kind of look. yeah. Well, I can I can see that. I mean, and you, you can't help that because you can't predict what people are going to think thirty or forty years from now. You know how how is someone going to look? You know, in in difference from that. I think, they, I, not that I care for the, the prequels, but I think they did a little bit of, uh, they kept that, the hairstyle a little bit. There was at least one or two characters that had that look to them for consistency's sake. Right. But I know, like, in, in newer things, I, I just literally just watched, uh, finished watching Mandalorian last night. I don't know if you're into the newer stuff. Do you, yeah. do you, do you care for Mandalorian? I do. I really like yeah. that. I do too. But, and of course, like, I think a lot of the looks, even like in the, uh, like the Han Solo, movie in rogue one they did they, they they had like a to us a modern day look and appeal to them uh-huh. and I, yeah. I, I think to an extent you can't help that that's just that's just how it's going to be they think i think they still kept a lot of the aesthetics and more in terms of the clothing uh-huh. but just i think with just how people look i don't know you just you can't help like but look like you are part of of now right right Right. And I mean, so because it's on a purpose. Right. Yeah. Right. But, but I mean, it's, you see, you know, I did this, I made this screen print back 25 years ago or whatever, like the 10, you know, like Star Wars is, right? It was like 10, it was just a stormtrooper. And I'd drawn these stupid ass big sideburns on his helmet, right? <laughs> yeah. Like Star Wars is big sideburns, right? Because like all the guys, with the with the big ass sideburns, yeah, you know, mustaches, a lot of mustaches yeah, too. <laughs> yeah, you know, so that's okay. So that's it, that part of it does still seem like it's kind of from the late seventies, but there. But what but what really manifests itself in in Star Wars even more than the other two is everything seems like it has a history within the movie. You know, I mean, obviously the biggest example is the Millennium Falcon is old and beat up and and they tell you the history, you know, and, yeah. and everything in that movie, like there, I mean, to me, one of the coolest things in the world is the, the, the pieces that go into those props, you know, I mean, like to know that, that Han Solo's blaster is a, is a Mauser, right? And that's like, yes. that's so rad. And, and like, it's only when you learn about guns that you know that, or, you know, cause like at first you think like as a kid and you're like, wow, that's cool. That's Han Solo's gun. But again, you know, they're using it in world war two and before and, and, or like the stormtrooper, you know, to know that there's an actual machine gun that the stormtrooper blaster is, you know, mm-hmm. that's really rad. Yeah. Actually I found when I was before, I, 
made my little set of questions and I looked into the weapons part afterwards and like they I found a site that listed like every major weapon was was clearly based on something that existed in our times in within yeah. the past what like sixty or seventy years. Which yeah. I guess makes sense, but like when you look at them like, oh yeah, that that looks like that particular gun. What in the uh, in the listing here I I noted besides obviously besides lightsabers, my favorite weapon was, was Hans Blaster. Because yeah. I, I think it had that appeal of like a, a real world thing. It wasn't just yeah. completely fiction. It was based on something that, oh, he's in the back end right now. I can see him right behind you, over your shoulder yeah. on Solo. <laughs> oh, he was there. <laughs> oh, there he is. Um, no, but I mean, they just it, they modified it to look a little sci-fi, but they, they kept like a, a real world authenticity to it, which I think you could, you could appreciate. I don't know if it was on purpose or, 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 or not, but... I think maybe you can't help that because you have to find some inspiration somewhere, and that's that's where he found it was in those uh, just this older armaments, <laughs> yeah. for lack of a better term. Um, so okay, so you, you kind of touched upon the first Star Wars uh, in terms of now I, when I'm saying like favorite or least favorite, I mean like even like within like for me, I mean the previous recording I touched upon just people that someone I didn't like, for example. So, say from the the conference room scene in the Death Star on the first uh, for Star Wars, you have the room of all the important people that Grand Moff Tarkin and Darth Vader are talking over. Uh, there was one gentleman in there who had really short bangs. Yeah, and yeah. I, I don't like. Did you do you have uh, feelings towards him one way or the other? Because I didn't like yeah, him because no, of his bangs. Yeah, I got you, man. I I I could appreciate that. You know, I mean, yeah. it's funny that that. It's so funny that the other guy, the one that that Darth Vader chokes, that just died a couple years ago. Like, oh, he did. <laughs> yeah, he and and it was like in the news, you know. And they gave him the context, you know. It was like the guy that Darth Vader choked you know, <laughs> just passed away. And like, I mean, that's a that's pretty cool to think that you know, thirty five years or thirty seven years later, whenever it was that he died, that like you're still remembered for something. Yeah. You know, I mean, because like. You know, was that guy just a, was he, was he just an extra or was he a working actor that's always like this kind of secondary character in, on the BBC that like, oh yeah, I grew up watching that guy, you know, well, yeah, he, he was funny, the baker in my favorite cartoon or whatever. It's funny you mentioned that, um, on the previous show, um, one of the guests had mentioned that, uh, the gentleman who played Bib Fortuna was uh-huh. the same the same person who uh, was the victim in the uh, subway tunnel in uh, an American werewolf in London? Oh, really? I didn't know that, but that's no, that's, I, that's 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 for Junior right there getting murdered by a werewolf. So there you go. <laughs> that's a, a, <laughs> that's a, rad. A fun little yeah, fun little fact there. Huh? Yeah, that's so, super cool. I mean, personally, for me, like I, you know, I in, really like most of the characters. I had a. Yeah. Half and half for Cornelius Evazan, not because he was of his f- face issues, but because he was, you know, pardon my friend, he was just an asshole. Yeah. And for, no, for no reason, he didn't have to be. He was just, you know, picking on some uh, some little butcher farm boy for no reason, just because he he knew he could and he had his his backup with him. Yeah. So something like exactly. so, something like that, like oh, that's that's not nice. No need for that, sir. Kind of thing. And it's so cool because. It, I mean, it really kind of would be what you might be afraid of going into like a bar for the first time as a 17 year old going in like there's a bar down the, down the street from where I live. 
I don't, I've never been to it. I mean, I don't go to, I don't, I, I don't really drink. So I like, I definitely don't go to bars very much, but like, I definitely don't go to a place that's just a bar down the road. That's, you know, it's not like on a strip where you're having fun with all your friends. Yeah. Like you would go there and like, I, I just, I feel like if you went there, you would guarantee be out of place. And like, it's gotta just be regulars there. Yeah, all the, all the locals. Yeah, you know, and I, I feel like you would get into the the bad end of a fight really quickly if you were to go there. And even just the way Luke Skywalker's asking for, oh, give me one of those. He's like, he doesn't even know what he's drinking and <laughs> yeah, just like keep a low profile. And then that guy just, you know, lays into him like that. So, yeah, I mean. But, but just the fact he's like, he doesn't like you. I don't <laughs> like you either. No call for that. <laughs> you can tell us, like, oh, we got some, we got some fresh meat here. Yeah, that's, that's his deal. I don't know, but but the, the, those like, and I for Empire, I didn't really have anyone I didn't I that I disliked besides the um, I've, again I've forgotten what what the, the little fellows that are Ugnots. Yeah. Thank you, just because they were they were just not pleasant to look at personally. Yeah. Those, um, but uh, now I don't know. Do you, um. I mean, for me, I I didn't care for even though I was a seven when Return of the Jedi came out. And I saw it in the theater. I uh-huh. even then I didn't care for the Ewoks. Did you have an opinion oh, on? Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh no. <laughs> no, it's you know, it's so funny because, you know, what I'd always come to understand is that you know George Lucas really wanted to do the Ewoks. He wanted to do them as Wookies, right? That would have been a lot better. And, it was like, I guess, just harder to get, I guess, just harder to pull it off just functionally, including just having like seven foot characters. <laughs> yeah. How much easier it is to have, you know, kids and, and you know, little people and everything. So, yep. but, and I was just talking about this with the kids downstairs a little bit ago. It's like, if, if they had made the Ewoks ugly, Instead, if they'd been real skinny, right? Yeah. Like, if they'd made them scrawny and just like like Golem or something, right? How much better for you to have to overcome your repulsion for them to be able to work with them or to be able to be a fan of them as you're watching the movie, you know? Instead, it's like, it's pretty, it's pretty trite to be, to like the Ewoks if you're a, nine-year-old girl you know or if <laughs> yeah. you're a you know or if you're a five-year-old boy and like it, but there's some rad ewoks even you I know mean, i admit there are but overall i just eh. i mean you know, just the voices were better yeah just, you know it, like it just something to make them not supposed to be so endearing i mean the fact that they show one die on screen that was something it, 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 I mean, it, it takes the uh, you know it, it it takes the cuteness down a little bit to show yeah. one passing away, but I don't know. This, I think the fact that they were able to overcome stormtroopers so easily. I mean, I know stormtroopers are you know these they can't you know they have no aim, they can't shoot at anyone, not that kind of. But there's the fact that they were you know hit with some sticks in their heads. Oh, they go down very easily. <laughs> but you know, yeah, they're whatever. they're 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 bad, and you know. And they could have been better, but then that that kind of takes it back 
to and then you see so much in the in the second trilogy there's so much that you're like wow that's what you finally can do now that nothing now that you have all the technology in the world to make a movie this is what you is this what you wanted to do in 77 and couldn't are you talking about like like jar jar banks or yeah you know like the restrictions the your limitations your boundaries are really a good part of what you are as an artist you know sometimes you can overcome a weakness but like that those those weaknesses kind of define your strengths you know and so i think a lot of the bad stuff it it could have been a lot worse a lot quicker you know if technology had been different in 77 yeah i mean so, I, I think i didn't pose a question yet i mean i wasn't on the original but do you uh out, out of the three which is your your favorite of the three yeah i go back and forth because empire strikes back is is so beautiful in some ways you know yep. and it's really just like the interiors are so design oriented you know um when whenever i teach design courses at college which has been a few years but whenever i do that i always make a point of making my students watch star wars because every frame is so well composed especially in star wars it's all about just the elements of design you know yeah and there's it's 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 perfect in that way there's there's not a bad composition throughout the whole film that's not the same in return of the jedi or really even in empire strikes back and i think it's because so much of star wars is manufactured interiors instead of like live or instead of like on location like real world scenarios so you really did have the ability to design it to control it that way you know yeah. but it but it's really just great for that you know but star wars is so magical and it's a shame that it's been watered down to this point it, it you know it's all because like it it's un, like there's a lot we haven't really talked about the Mandalorian. You asked for a second, but there's yeah. so much to love about the Mandalorian, and it seems like, you know, it seems like everybody associated with it loves Star Wars the same way we do, and so they're able to draw out the things that you really want to see or you really wanted to know more about, and that's really kind of all of that all of the the legend all of the mythology of star wars all of that's developed in star wars and really none of it in the rest of the movies you know it's like all the questions that you had from watching star wars get many of them get answered through the rest of the next eight movies right or even maybe some answers from the mandalorian but like all those questions come in Star Wars, you know, yeah. and so like that's that's like so special, you know, because for me, like I said, you watch it, you're eight years old, you see it, you don't get to see it again, you see it on TV, it's years, now you're a teenager, now you're watching it on the video, now you're in your 20s and you can watch it in Letterboxd, all okay, but 
when you read the novel Star Wars, you know, the just the screenplay or whatever, you, however you want to call that, you know, and I had, like, I used to buy it every time I'd see it at a thrift store, you know, so, like, I had, like, 30 of the same book, you know, yeah. <laughs> and it's so cool because it's, you know, the word Star Wars is in red, or then it's in blue, or then it's in green, you know, or then you find a hardback, and all, like, all of that hardcover, all of that stuff is so much fun, just visually, just to have, right, but to read it, and because when you're a kid and you're seeing Star Wars, you don't know about the battle between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker, right? right yeah. You learn very little about that in, Star in the movie. They mention he was a pupil of mine, blah, 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 right? But you don't know about the battle that took place between them. And so, for, so then you read it and you, it's like, oh, wow. That's what happened. That's how he becomes Darth Vader, right? And then you have to live all the way until episode three to see that take place. That was one of those things that I wanted to see with my own eyes for 25 years. Yeah. And so, so to see that's super cool, you know? And But there's not a lot of that in Return of the Jedi, you know, there's not, a, but at the same time, there's things that are really compelling about it. And like, it's, it, you know, I mean, I like the way that the story, you know, wraps up, like with the Emperor, I like how they kind of showed how he came to be in the rest of the movies. You know, he was pretty, pretty, pretty powerful and pretty, but so, just so weird looking, you know, kind of just... <laughs> But well, he just kind of looks like a product of the early 80s just for special effects, you if know? You, if you're going by that, I think when... When do they show him the first time? Did they show him the first time in Empire Strikes Back? Yeah. I didn't... I wasn't aware that originally when they had, like, the weird super eye... Yeah. It, was a, it was a woman with prosthetics. I didn't know it was a yeah. woman. I, did, I had no idea. Yeah, and then, like, the eyes were, like, chimpanzee eyes. <laughs> yes, they were. That's when you're having fun making a movie. Yeah. Like that's like that's when you're like can I can I bring up something real quick for you? Yeah. It was one of Lucas's like quote unquote fixes. I guess you know, in the original Return of the Jedi when it came out, when, when Darth Vader when Luke Skywalker he takes his mask off so he can he can see him with his own eyes finally. Yeah. And they had that touching moment between father and son. You know, they showed him how he was, you know, he had like, you know, all the you know, the the injuries that never healed, but he had eyebrows, yeah. and George yeah. Lucas later on removed the eyebrows. Huh. Which, you know, I guess if you really think about it, because he was burned in the lava, he would have singed his hair off his yeah. his eyes, but it seemed like a really like needless thing to change. Like, like, like it's like way too minute to yeah. do. But he he's like, Oh, I'm gonna do it anyways. I get I get the money, whatever. Yeah. So I just I I personally find that funny that he would take it so far as to you know digitally remove um, Anakin Skywalker's eyebrows at that point in his death scene. Yeah, yeah you can just you know just leave it alone. That's you don't have to do that. Come yeah, on. you know it's it's so crazy that that movie exists. You know, I mean, like to, you know, I mean, I know it's like anything; it's a collaborative project. You know, all movies, especially you know, but like. That all came 
I mean, I mean, he needed Ralph McQuarrie to to bring it to life visually. Oh, but, he did. Yes. But the but the the story all came from him, and it's it's so cool that like this literal empire came from one man's mind. That that's so empowering. That's so yeah. exciting to you know, and like I I found his autobiography at a, George Lucas's at a thrift store, right? And I was like, okay, that's worth fifty cents. I'll go ahead and read that, you know. Yeah. And he's talking about when he got his first uh, pay advance on Star Wars, and they gave him a check for thirty thousand dollars, and he said it was more money than he'd ever earned in his life. And that makes him seem like a real person, mm -hmm. you know? Because like $30,000, even now, would be a lot of money. It, would, it probably wouldn't really change your life, though. It would change hey, your life. We, we could pay off our cars with that, I'd say. Yeah, That's something. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but like back then, you know, in the mid-'70s, that was a lot of money. But like it still was a tangible amount of money, you know, like, and to think that, like, it meant such a big deal to him to get that amount of money and then for him to be a billionaire. It's beautiful. You know, I mean, it's amazing that, like, he's touched so many people's lives with this thing and and like generations, you know, yeah. and like it's and it's like and it's part of what's like really special to be able to watch like my. One of those one of those last three movies we were able to go see at the theater with my kids. One of the I've got five kids. One of those kids was eight when we're seeing this movie at the theater, just like I was. It's a different experience now because like they'd already seen Star Wars a million times. Yeah. So not, you know, and it's not new necessarily, right? right? You know, and then just in general, like there was nothing like Star Wars when it came out, so it was like an acid trip or something. But then everything after that was something like Star Wars. Every movie was, you know, I mean, it it it, it elevated what a movie could, what that kind of movie could be. So it's like, you know, people. When I was really buying a lot of Star Wars toys and really add to my collection was like right around when the Power Rangers were 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 starting to get popular, right? Yeah. You know, and and people are like saving their Power Rangers and they're like, oh, this is gonna be like Star Wars, you know, in 20 years. And I'm like, no, it's not, because like Star Wars also still exists, you know? Yeah. So like if an eight-year-old sees Power Rangers, he's like, okay, that's like what I see every day. Right. Um, have you seen a documentary called Plastic Galaxy? I don't think so. Oh, you should. That's about uh, when Kenner started making the Star Wars toys. They may be worth your time to check that out. Yeah. Like when they yeah. start, when they like when the, the movies first came out, and they went the whole process of trying to like determine how they could like create toys for the to go along with that. It's I think it's a really interesting watch. Huh. Okay. That's yeah. cool. Plastic Galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So just uh, just to quickly touch upon the other other uh, questions. I think you, you, we mentioned kind of uniforms real quick, or any case of uh, looks of any characters or, or outfits. Like, did you have something that really stood out to you? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, the storm. It's 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 wonderful that there's so many people that have their own stormtrooper costumes. You yes. know, I, I, yeah. I love that. I 
I really thought a long time ago when it didn't seem like a possibility, you know, it's like, man, it would be so cool if you ever had one of those. I mean, I would wear that every day. Yeah. Right. I, but, I used to have a coworker who uh, he has, he has a scout trooper and a snow trooper one that he like uh, full on, like, like really like, like authentic looking ones, which I think is pretty awesome. It is, you know, and it's, you know, it's so, I, I like how rigid they are. You know, to be in the 501st or whatever yeah. <laughs> it is, you know, um, you like you can't get, you know, you can't have like the $700 costume. You have to have like they won't let you in there with like that $700 rubies costume. You got to like have everything has to be up to a certain specification. And I love that. And I took my uh, I took my uh, he's 11 now, but he was nine. We went and saw Weird Al play and, nice. you know. They've got all these guys, like the real stormtroopers, that are there, it, you know, because he has a couple Star Wars songs, yep. and they're up there on stage with them. But, you know, it's like those guys, they were talking to, to us for a little bit, and it was just, it's like, they just look so good, you know? Can I ask you, was it the uh, Strings Attached tour? Yeah. That's what yeah. I saw on that tour, too. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. great. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of, that was... So, and like I only really super learned to appreciate Weird Al since my he's 11 now but since Ian has loved him I just I mean I wouldn't have known that he has had a career for that never stopped all this time oh yeah he's been going you know? for I mean, like, I just, 30 plus years yeah I mean like I probably like the last I probably ever thought about him was like with uh, your fat or whatever right <laughs> yeah and Matt, yeah, so that's that's that was amazing. He was that was great. It was such a treat. But the storm, the stormtroopers in there to see those things are so cool. So those those are really great. You know, I just love the the I just love the textures in their uniforms in 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 it just throughout the movie. You know, even like. Every everything seems aged again. Everything seems like it has a history. So, like the the robe that Obi Wan Kenobi is wearing, you know, it's like it just it. it I just love it, you know. It's it's just so fun to look at. Um, yeah, you know, there's so many like it's kind of cool the way Luke Skywalker is when he's all dressed in black in Return of the Jedi. That's pretty rad, you know. Well, they, they, they do the thing where they he starts off when he's like the innocent young boy wearing white on the farm in the first one, and then he's wearing gray in the second one. Like he's slowly, yeah, because like hinting that he maybe will go to the dark side, but he's also just maturing. I think is what they were maybe trying to get at because he, he's wearing black by the end, but he still stays good. But you have to think of those like those kinds of things, and I think if you look at the uh, imperial like uh, the order of like the hierarchy of things, like stormtroopers are. The lowest class, but they wear the white. Then you have like certain officers are wearing gray, and the, the highest, for the most part, are wearing black too. Although you have the, the grand officer still gray, but you have like Darth Vader's wearing black, and you have other guys wearing black. So they they kind of had like you're not really maybe thinking about it. But if you if you like take a second and yeah. think about it, you you see that how they are you know they're putting thought into the whole process of how they want things to look and yeah absolutely sub subconsciously you're you're it, you it's it's happening. Right in front of your eyes. Yeah, yeah no, that's, that's that's 
but you know, but then Luke's, Luke has that bad haircut. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there was a few of those in the. Yeah, yeah, you know, but so yeah, but man, there's there's just I I don't know. It's just so, it's so much fun to watch. You know, there's just so much fun stuff to look for, even in even in Empire Strikes Back. But you know, and then Boba Fett, his he his costume. It just looks so great, yeah. you know. See it for so little, you know, and all of those bounty hunters that are in Empire Strikes Back, you know, that they're like when I try to draw them, you can only see them for a second, you know, and so it's like oh, it's so hard, so quick. yeah, yeah, you know. But but it just holds up so well compared to a lot of movies that are that were made right after star Wars, even, even, uh, Battlestar Galactica, you know, and I don't remember, I don't, I don't remember why, but I know that I saw it. Like, was it, was it released as a movie before it was a TV show? Because I remember my dad taking me to see it, but that's something really weird. I don't know if y'all talked about that before. It came up briefly. The thing in Star Wars where uh, you know who Steven Sansweet is, right? The the like he's like the he was like the biggest Star Wars collector, and he put out like the first serious collectors guides, and he actually works for Lucasfilm as like their archivist now, or 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 he was, but back in the mid nineties. He would be on QVC when they were doing Star Wars collector's plates, and they would interview him, talk about him, and he seemed like such a kind of like a why is this the guy that's the best collector? You know, like why isn't he yeah. somebody like me? You know? I'm sure. I'm wondering. I don't remember, but he that's they had they featured some really uh, enthusiastic detail collectors on that Plastic Galaxy documentary. I'm curious if he might be one of them, because the people that they show in there have like these vast collections of stuff. Yeah. Because the, and, the name's not ringing a bell, but... Okay. Well, he, he like, he, like, more power to him, he he turned his collection into a job working with George Lucas, so that's, that's great. Yeah. But, um, but he had a ton of money. He was, like, the bureau chief the Los Angeles bureau chief for the Wall Street Journal, right? So he like, so he like, he was a pretty successful guy in his real world. But like, this is when I kind of shifted gears from collecting Star Wars seriously to collecting Mountain Dew stuff, which was much more um, accessible to like get really premium items. You know, there's just less people competing for it. Yeah. He 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 talked about spending like twenty five thousand dollars at this charity auction to get one of Darth Vader, like a real Darth Vader helmet, right? And this was like back in the mid nineties. And I'm like, I'll never be at a point in my life where I have twenty five thousand dollars to spend on a helmet, right? Even if I'm ever at a point in my life where I have five hundred dollars to spend on something, yeah, that will never be my reality. You that's know, that's a car. That's a car. Yeah, you I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, but he mentioned how a lot of people my age have this collective memory of seeing the scene with uh, with Luke 
and with Biggs on Tatooine in Star Wars, right? And he was like, people tell me all the time that they saw that in the theater, and it's just a fact that they didn't. And then he says, everybody thinks they saw that, and then he holds up just the little Star Wars storybook that he got from out of the Weekly Reader catalog, right? And everybody yeah. had, and you see it at thrift stores all the time for a dollar, C3PO and R2D2 on the cover. Um, and there's one little picture where Biggs is on Tatooine and he's got his hand on Luke's shoulder like they're talking, right? Yep, I think I've seen that before, yeah. And everybody has this memory and it's all based on that picture. But then in my memory, I saw a clip of Star Wars on Good Morning America in 1977, and that was a part of what they showed. And I could tell you everything that happened in that clip, I like, like I could like kind of mimic the way that they walked together, and he put his hand on him and all that stuff. And then, like when they did the Star Wars radio drama, when they released that, they had that. that scene, right? <laughs> and then. Yeah. On the like on all the deleted scenes, like from the one of the last times they issued Star Wars on DVD, and there's all these deleted scenes, and they have that whole scene with Luke talking to Biggs, and I was able to tell my kids exactly what happened before we saw it happen, and so I still wonder about that scene. Like, did you or didn't you? You mean? Yeah, how how did I know what it was if it never happened? And yet, like, and and I'm not alone because, like, all these other people saw it. So whatever. There's a lot of ponchos in uh, in Star Wars. I think there's a lot of ponchos, a lot of capes, a lot of mustaches. Yeah. Yes. A, a lot of questionable hair. Yeah. Hair, haircuts too, hairstyles. That this was more of an obscure one. Um, my my answer was a uh, I felt was a bit more on the obscure side. If you uh, had to be a droid from any of the any of the trilogy to uh, what droid do you think you would uh end up being regardless of task yeah you know like the i like like the, what r5d4 or whatever i always liked him just because of his shape you which know but he, which, which one was that he, oh is it the one that, that uh kind of cylindrical head instead of a dome is that the one that kind of uh fails when it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sell it? yeah yeah is that the one that i've read that might be force sensitive or that model there was one that I somewhere in, in the Canada or, or Legends might be force sensitive. Huh. Yeah, but, I don't but, yeah, maybe so. So you so you, you you like that one for the look as opposed to uh functionality? Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, those guys are I mean, I thought it was really cool the way that they showed C three PO being built by Anakin, you know, in episode one. Yep. Like I, I liked I liked that element of his history, you know, but I don't really I don't really like C3PO. I didn't like him. <laughs> I didn't like him when I was when I was in the theater watching the movie with my dad. I didn't like him, you know. Yep. And like it's cool. It's cool. Like I like IG88. It's really yeah. rad. Yes. But what I kind of like about him is what I don't like about so much of those next six movies. They seem like back when the back when there was just the three movies and there were the handful of novels. You know, I mean, there was like Star Wars and Star Trek Return of the Jedi and then like Splinter of the Mind's Eye. 
before all of those, like, I think Timothy Zahn or whatever, the guy that, like, that started doing them in the early 90s. And then all of that stuff, I don't really have a lot of use for, right? But what I liked even less was all of the role-playing game booklets, right? Like all the D&D type Star Wars role-playing game. All of those books that told the backstory on every character, that didn't have anything to do with George Lucas. At the most, he just said, okay, fine, whatever. Because like... Money. Exactly. All with the money. (laughs) And so... You know, there's like so many things that are part of of the the lore that just come from some guy that was working for whatever. You know, I just, like I don't I don't I don't like parts of that. You know, yeah. But but then, and this isn't really your question because we we're just talking about the about the costumes and the droid. But but somewhere in there, they tell you in one of those books. Or you know, one of those little D and D books, whatever you want to call them, um, they tell you that IG eighty eight was like one of what, like those four. Yeah, when I read there was yeah there was a Tales from the Bounty Hunters. They mentioned uh, there was one of like four of like they were kind of the same exact thing. Yeah, and the other ones broke loose and they killed their inventor, they killed their creator, and all this stuff. And I thought that was really rad. You yeah. know, like it's bad, but I thought it was like that's <laughs> that's that's a good start for a bounty hunter. Is he's a robot that killed his maker, right? Yep. And then out loose in the world. I thought that was really cool, and really even in the Mandalorian, I thought he was one of the coolest connections to the past. Yeah, you know, even though he wasn't IG eighty eight, he was whatever IG eleven or whatever he was. This is the same type of droid. Yeah, it was, thing, it, was yeah. it was so cool. You know, yeah. it's such a such a but um yeah so he's a he's a pretty he's a pretty cool droid you know even though he's a bad guy he's he's a yeah. pretty cool yeah and I, I said it before but uh mine is a lot more minor mine was 8d8 it's the one that tortures uh that burns the robot's feet the droid's feet oh, and, yeah. Java's <laughs> and i said to him because he probably has good job security because he's just you know torturing robots yeah, yeah, that's, that's a, a simple task. You can't really mess that one up. They just send you that, someone. That is so funny that that's in there because it's like, like yes, you're burning a robot's feet. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess do they really even feel it, or what's the you know? Is it more a psychological thing? Who knows? But it's a but, good visual, you know. I mean, like oh, yeah. down and yeah. So that's that's oh, yeah. cool. I mean, which I mean, in any no matter what you are, would you want to be hung upside down and have something right. hot on your feet? I wouldn't want that. No, no thank you. <laughs> For a a vehicle of any sort, whether it's like you know air or land or whatever, what would you uh, what would you want to operate and, and take it to a battle or, or whatever? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, like the 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 speeder bikes are so cool, and yes. especially especially then, you know, like and it. And even then, they almost seem like those will exist in my lifetime. You know, yeah, some kind of a hover type yeah, thing. Yeah, you know. But like, I mean, it's so it's so cool that you know that there's hover packs and like, you know, the guys can go up and you know that's really rad in real life. But like the speeder bike, it seemed like man, I bet a smart person could make one of those. Yeah. Like, 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 they could take like hovercraft technology and shrink it down to a one person, like the next 
level of like a motorcycle or something. You're just taking the wheels off of it, kind of thing. Yeah. 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 They, they also, I like, I like the sounds that they made. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they're, they're they're super cool, you know. And yeah. I always I always thought how cool it would be if you were in the redwood forest to scavenge maybe they left something behind oh you just know? Go, go searching around for something yeah you know yeah but yeah, you could find well i know you could wherever i forget what country it was for the first star wars they just left certain yeah. aspects they left like the uh, the, like the crate dragon skeleton they left i think like yeah. uncle owen on Amperu's yeah. home yeah. they were left behind but and very easier to go to California to, to yeah. try to find something as opposed to, you know, leaving the continent to go someplace else to find something. Did you have something else to add to the... Oh, uh, the, well, the just, just about all that, like, that's Tunisia. I had a, I have a friend okay. whose wife is from Tunisia. And okay. he, went, he went over there with her a number of years ago, and he sent me a postcard of, like, those dwellings, you know? Oh, they actually and, went to him. Yeah, and it's like, it's so neat. It's like, I just, they did such a good job of finding places that you've never seen in your life like yeah. that, you know? Now, did they happen to find the, uh, did they leave the, the, the skeletons behind of, of Owen and Baru? Were those left behind? And, oh, yeah, I don't I, you know. I don't know. Because, what about any blue milk? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he didn't, he didn't do, he wasn't. I don't think he was remotely interested in Star Wars. He just just sent me a postcard because he knew I was. Like, I don't think he was doing any kind of scouting. But, and that's so crazy, you know, like Tupperware. It's like, like everything else is from 1943. And then Tupperware, you couldn't have had something more contemporary, you know? And so, like, that's, that's weird, you know? But it's, I guess it's kind of. It's pretty awesome. Like to even know someone who's who's gone to that. I, I can't make that claim, so I'm a bit jealous there. <laughs> even if, even if that's not their thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Then the, uh, the the final question was um, any type of weapon that you would. Uh, what would you want to use if you had to to uh, protect yourself or you know fend yeah. off someone? Right. Yeah. Well, man, you, you got to say the lightsaber again. I mean, and it's you know it's so it's so cool that they're supposed to build, you know, that's a part of becoming a Jedi is building your own lightsaber, you know? Yeah. And, and it just, it just seems like a craft, you know, like within, within the movies, it seems like it's a craft, you know, and a skill to learn how to use it. And it was such a incredible sound. You oh, know? yes. Yes. Otherworldly sound. And the, and the the visual, it was it was so it was just so pleasing, you know, and so inspirational, you know. I mean, like back before you could buy a man, like the whole world of like competitive lightsaber battles and all that stuff that exists <laughs> now. Yeah. But like back when you had to go, you had a flashlight and you bought a golf. Like, why do you even need a golf club protector tube? I don't even know why those exist. Right, I'm not a golfer, but well, like there's long, I didn't know those are things. Yeah, the, there's long plastic tube that will protect the shaft of a golf club. You would get those; they were clear plastic. You would get those, and then you would get colored tape, and you could tape it all around and tape uh -huh. it to your 
flashlight and you had a lightsaber in 1978, right? Okay. And they, I mean, man, like how many of those did I make? I, like it was, it seemed like I was always in the process of making another one, yeah. you know? And it was so fun because you turn the flashlight on and the thing glows red or blue, you know? It was so much, it was so magical. And in the movie, like, it's just so special, you know? It's just, and even the way they look when they're not lit. And even, I mean, just the way that Luke's like kind of, it's a miracle he didn't like lightsaber his face off when he's playing with it before <laughs> he turns it on, you know? Yeah. But it's, it's, it's so cool. And something that I've always just been super happy about and somewhere along the line, somebody told me, I know everybody knows, but somebody told me that those lightsabers were just uh, flash tube handles from the speed graphics uh, camera that every, like in every black and white movie you've ever seen, when a reporter is holding a camera and the flash goes off, what he's holding, oh. that's, a, that's Luke's lightsaber, right? Okay. It, it's, it's, called, it's, it's called a Graflex, is, is what that piece of equipment is called. But it's a, and it basically, it holds the mechanism that holds the flash bulb and it takes batteries. And back then every flash bulb would, you could only use it one time. So you put another one in, but it was attached to those old weird cameras, right? So once I knew that, like in 1991 or 92, I was in an old antique store and they had some old cameras and I saw a damn speed graphics with the Graflex on it, and it, like, the camera was, I don't know why, because it shouldn't have only been $5. It should not have only been $5 even in 1990, right? It just shouldn't have been. Did you please but, tell me you got it? Oh, I bought it, <laughs> and, and I, 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 I was so happy. Now, back then, before the internet, one of the main ways to build your collection, there was a magazine called Toy Shop. It was a paper newsprint magazine right? Like Shotgun Weekly. It's, you know, it yep. came out once. I think it was only once every two months. It might've been once a month that it came out. They pretty much only sold them in comic book shops. And it was just page after page after page of local antique store advertisements from all over the country, right? So like comic book shops and flea markets and antique stores. And, you know, it wasn't all Star Wars. It was just collectibles. And there was a guy that was selling lightsaber props that were like maybe $250 or something. And I called him to ask about it, right? Just because I, and I don't know why I called him. Like, I don't know why I thought he would talk to me and give me any information, but I did. And I talked to him for 20 or 30 minutes. He knew, and this is like before the internet, you know, I mean, maybe, I don't know where he would have found this out. But he knew every piece that went into making a prop lightsaber, right? Mm -hmm. he, he was like, okay, well, you got the speed graphics. You got the Graflex. That's the biggest part. He's like, now there's a little part down here, and you have to find a 1977 Texas Instruments calculator. You bust it open. It's got a little red LED panel. It's like eight bubbles long. And you slide that into the panel, and that's like the switch for the lightsaber. And he and he was like, it, the handles, the rubber handles on the lightsaber, you have to have a World War II era Jeep windshield wipers 
Like, where in the hell are you going to yeah. get that? How do, you, how do you know these? Like, that's like extremely specific. I know. <laughs> I know. But, like, the, the beautiful thing was when I found the Texas Instruments calculator and I busted it open and that little thing fit in there, I was like, that's a miracle. That's just amazing that somebody knew this. Yeah. Like, where did he get this information from? Right? Because, like, like I'll never know. Like, I'll never know. I didn't ask him. I should have. But, like, so, I mean, I had, every, I had, I couldn't find. Now, maybe these days you could find windshield wipers that are uh, up to spec for a 1944 Jeep, right? Mm -hmm. But you definitely couldn't just back into that then, you know? So, but I bought windshield wiper blades and cut them down and I glued them to my lightsaber. And I, oh. I mean, that son of a bitch looked really authentic and it had <laughs> such a good weight to it. Yeah. You know, it like it had a nice little D ring hook on the bottom of it. So you could put it on a belt nice. and you, you just felt like, man, this thing is almost real. You know, like, it's it it was so it was so much fun and it just goes back to what i love about the movie because like everything was made like that like everything was just cobbled together like frankenstein but, right <laughs> yeah you know but it just but there's nothing new and shiny in star wars you know there's nothing that you know and i mean i guess that also has to do with you know a long time ago you know i mean so it's it's history when you're seeing it you know, in the same time, like in world, like it works because that's how a lot of things were like in that universe. You know, yeah. It kind of makes sense. I don't think that one of those they're they're that they were planning on. But it looking back on it, like a lot of anything with the vehicles or the weapons or anything that's, you know, it's like, you know, it's like the, they, their, their version of like MacGyvering things back then, you could yeah, say. Because I do have like a, uh, now I got a couple years ago a book on star like this really great book on star wars costumes mm -hmm. you know like they really go into the detail of, of each one you know and like the like the history of each one and but george lucas just you know he had a standard expectation like you weren't going to see zippers buttons you weren't going to see connections or fasteners in you know he just oh. he felt like that makes something look cheap and accessible and like you can make sense of what it is you know yeah. And everything just is so well constructed like that, you know. What what I thought was really cool, I don't know if you've ever gotten a chance to see one of those like museum Star Wars exhibitions that traveling. No, I, I so, haven't. So there was one, I mean, you know, like it was I saw it in New York one time when I was in New York. I was lucky enough that it was there at the time. But I saw it with a couple of my kids. A, a much smaller version of that exhibition that was traveling to smaller museums, but they did have the land speeder there. And when you see the land speeder, like there's like a silver grill to the land speeder, like it's kind of like a like a radiator grill or whatever, you know, to the yep. front of the. And it's all just made out of, it's like six individual. It's just plywood. Oh. It, it's just plywood, <laughs> like like that part of it. Like I mean, you could. It's crazy to think that you could make you could make a land speeder that looked like a land speeder. It's it's. I mean, I guess it's kind of common sense. You could make an alien that looks like an alien. You could make you know, right. Fred Flintstone that looks like Fred Flintstone. But to see 
that like in the movie you would have never thought that you're looking at a piece of wood you know i, just, I assumed it was all metal the body but yeah. i but the but just the grill is yeah. a spray painted silver wood and i was like wow it's just they're so inventive and so practical and then they also had the ability to i mean they didn't have to worry about seeing things in hd you right. know and yep. or, or 4k and they just like this is all just going to blend in the background but yet they still did such a exceptional job with it like they yeah. just and it you know it was certainly a big a, a blockbuster movie but i don't think they did it like on the same budgets they had for the other films right oh, no. you know? oh, no. so yeah. like they like it just seems like everything was a labor of love for everybody that was a part of it in any capacity you know i read that the lady that designed the stormtrooper helmet that like you know that carved it out of clay that made the original she died before the movie months before the movie came out so she never yeah. even got to see it on film right man there's just there's just so much that went into it and i know that's true of every movie but who cares about what they did for gone with the wind <laughs> i don't <laughs> exactly you gave me a lot of uh a lot of stuff that i had i didn't know before going into this. so i appreciate that thank you yeah uh and I, I thank you for your time in doing this fun uh so i think we're gonna wrap it up uh did you mention what your what your favorite of the three was i forget i may have asked you already yeah. i don't uh, know it's 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 it, it's really <laughs> star wars okay but empire strikes back it's 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 almost like your kids you can't really have a favorite Right, right, but I mean, mine personally was Return of the Jedi, but that's because that's the first one I got to see in the theater, and really, and I was seven when it came out, so that's the first, like the first, like that stuck in my head. So right, <laughs> and and probably let me ask you before yeah. you go. So when you saw, did you how, how old were you when you saw that? Seven, seven. So, ha, so you didn't? Excuse you me, I'm six. I'm six. I was six. I'm sorry, six. <laughs> so you hadn't you 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 almost certainly hadn't seen Empire Strikes Back or Star Wars when you were six. Probably not. I don't know that I remember. Yeah. So, so yeah, that must have been crazy to, to have that burned into your mind and, and then to want to, how easy to want to know the backstory because it existed. So you right. could, so you could, you could eventually see it at, yes. you know, I know at some point I was lucky enough to catch them both on network television. At some point, yeah. my dad would let me stay up a little later just to watch those. Yeah. So thanks, Dad, for that. Yeah, but it, it, so I eventually I got all of them in there. But yeah, that was that was the order for me just because of you know that's, that's how lovely. I came into existence. Yeah. <laughs> let Let me tell you one more thing before we go. Yep. So when when um, the first trailer I saw for Star Wars was and i was probably just seven when, when i saw the trailer i might have been eight doesn't matter but it was late 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 it was like after saturday night live right because mm -hmm. my parents would stay up and watch saturday night live and every once in a while i would be able to stay up with them but i don't even think i could watch it but i just was allowed to stay up yeah and I was watching another in another room on another tv 
and it was so late and it was so dark, you know, in yep. that room, I had the TV on and I'm going through, you know, you only had the three channels really. And I'm going through the channels with the little knob and I land on Chewbacca, you know, growling like a, to me, there you go. That's pretty good. He's <laughs> growling. And I thought that it was a commercial. I was scared when I was a kid. Right. Yeah. I thought it was a werewolf movie. <laughs> and I was like, there's no fucking way I want to watch this. And so I'm turning it as quick as I can. And then I turn it through again one more time. And it's still the Star Wars commercial. And they're like, Star Wars. Okay, whatever. I didn't want to see Star Wars. When my dad wanted to take me, when it first, first came out, I thought, I was like, why in the hell are you trying to take me to see a horror movie? I'm <laughs> way scared of this. You know, yeah. like there is no way on earth I'm going to watch this giant werewolf growling at people. I don't even want to know what he does. Yeah. And so it was it was not until school started back in September and all my friends were still talking about it that I realized I was a fool and it was <laughs> Star Wars or something to see. And so that's when we saw it. Oh, well, you but, got like, to was, see it, which I was is good. Yeah. Of it because of Chewbacca. I mean, they can see that. That's your first impression. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was I was freaked out by Ponda Boba getting his arm cut off. Yeah. I mean, I, I watched it, but I was just like, oh, wow, that's 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 brutal right there. I didn't get it either. If it was a lightsaber, you figured that would have cauterized the wound, but there was blood. Right, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't thinking about that when I was a kid, but as an adult, I'm like, wait a second, that's not right. Right. Come on. <laughs> Come on, George. Yeah. Come on. This lady asked me when I was in school, when I was in college, she asked me, this older woman that was like a returning student kind of thing, you know, she was like, what's your favorite character? Mm. And, and because she was asking about it because she was telling me how her husband taught psychology at the school and he always shows Star Wars to his students. And she was like, why do you like Star Wars? Like, what do you like about Star Wars? I was like, I love the Stormtroopers. And she said, I'll never forget, she said, how can you like those mindless automatons? That was the first time I've ever heard that word. And so, like, that's what stormtroopers are to me now is mindless automatons. That's pretty accurate, I'd say. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, so, yeah man. Thank right. you. I am uh, still feeling my, my drink, and I'm, it's uh, coming, up, coming on one in the morning over here. So I think I'm going to head to bed. Cool, man. But I really appreciate you giving me your time to, to talk about this. Yeah. I want answers. No, no, no.